0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Radio Free Asgard. This is episode number 316. We're coming at you, as always, from beautiful Chicago, Illinois. My name is Tom Harris. Welcome along to the Only Thor podcast, hosted by a true descendant of Odin. And I hope everybody enjoyed last week's mythology reading from Neil Gaiman's Norse Mythology. It was our longest reading yet. Uh, I believe it was nearly 40 minutes long and uh, because of that I wasn't able to actually find some music that fit the length so it was uh tr- we tried something a little bit different last time and not had any accompaniment for the uh uh, for the mythology reading, but you know, if you if you loved it, if you hated it, let me know. The email address is gmail.com. You can write to me, of course, about anything. Um, you know, I'll, I'll read down the show. I'll pretty much read anything. Anyhow, so Avengers, uh, yeah, came out this past week and has done gangbuster business. It outstripped Black Panther, uh, handily outstripped it, and is now the fifth highest grossing film of all time. That was quick. In in the period of, what, two weeks? Uh, We've actually gone to, uh, yeah... Uh, it's really, really popular, and people people are really loving it. I still haven't seen it. We were gonna see it this past weekend, but we kind of got hung up doing some other stuff, and then we thought about going to see it Sunday, and then we're like, eh, you know, didn't really feel like going anywhere. So now we haven't seen it yet. Hopefully next weekend we'll see it, and once that happens probably we'll be ready to talk about it a little bit on the show um so if you have thoughts about avengers infinity war feel free to email them you know i'm not going to read them until after i've seen it but you can certainly email our uh email box, which is radiofreeasgard at gmail.com. And let us know what you think of Infinity War and and, what you'd criticize about it, what you liked about it, what you hated about it. And I won't read any spoilers on the air. So, you know, I might read the emails. You know I don't care about spoilers. But anyway, all right. So we are back on track here on our run up to the Mighty Thor number 400. And so let's go ahead and move along to our review. Across the rainbow bridge of Asgard, where the booming heavens roar, you behold in breathless wonder, the god of thunder, Mighty Thor! Indeed, and this week we are looking at the Mighty Thor number 396. Come out in October of 1988. Cover price is 75 cents. Cover art is by Ron Friends and Brett Breeding. Shows Thor fighting back-to-back with none other than the Black Knight. We've seen the Black Knight on this show before. A couple times, actually. Um, I think most recently there was that Hydro-based story from... uh, yeah, quite a while ago now, but yeah, we, I think we covered it a couple of years ago. But uh, as we speak, as far as this comic run of Thor, I don't think it was that long ago. I think it was only like, you know, 15, 20 issues ago. So anyway, uh, the return of the Black Knight here. And we have a very 60s-esque cover blurb in, as far as the design is concerned. And um, it says, back to back with the Black Knight into the realm of death. And the cover is a bit Kirby-esque. It, it's uh, not, I wouldn't say it's an aping Kirby at all, but uh, it does have definitely that uh, Kirby slash Busema sort of ring to it. You know what I, you know what I mean? It, it's very reminiscent of, uh, of Marvel art from the 60s. And we open up to the splash page where we have the title of the story Into the Realm of Dirt, written by Tom DeFalco, penciled by Ron Friends, inked by Don Heck, lettered by John E. Workman, colored by Max Scheele, and edited by Ralph Macchio. Seth, the merciless serpent god of death, is about to invade Asgard in a desperate attempt to alert the mighty Thor, Hogan the Grim journeys to Earth, but is severely injured before he can deliver his horrifying message. And now uh, we open up with uh, Thor and Hogan the Grim, and they are on hospital tables, and they are doing a blood transfusion. So Thor is giving blood to Hogan. As you recall, Hogan had surgery last issue, And uh, the doctors saved him. Now, interestingly enough, Hogan is not dressed in a uh, hospital gown. He is wearing his armor. Um, So, yeah, uh, seems a bit odd that they would allow him to do that. You know, being sterile and all that, gods are not. But anyway, so uh, they're they're doing that, and there's an orderly looking on. It could be Jake Olson for all I know. Anyway, he's uh, thinking to himself, Wow, I can't believe I'm really watching one god donate blood to another. And we have this bald doctor. We've seen this bald doctor before. He was in a couple of issues ago. And he's talking to Hogan. You're a very lucky man, fella. Your wounds seem to be healing nicely. And it looks like you're going to make a complete recovery. And at this point, uh, Thor and Hogan are, are getting up from the from the table. Thor, uh, I guess they, they've pulled the needle out of Thor's arm and he's... Uh, are rubbing his arm, and he says, Thank you, Doctor. Hogan and I are in your debt. Just take it easy for the next few days. Don't do anything strenuous, the Doctor says. We shall try, Doctor, says Thor. Aye, says Hogan. That's all I can ask. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have other patients to see. And we see the scar, on, or the mark, I remember, on, on Hogan's face where Seth punched him. So he's got this sort of weird fangy uh, mark on, on his uh, face, Thor and and Hogan are finally getting a chance to talk after uh, all this um, action that we've had over the last couple of issues. And Thor says, At last, we are alone, my friend, except for all the doctors and stuff. You can finally tell me why you are here. You wouldn't have come unless something was wrong. What is it? Does it have anything to do with that strange scar on your cheek? No, my lord. This is nothing. Nothing. And (laughs) Hogan's trying to cover up the uh, scar. And uh, he's thinking to himself... I dare not tell Thor that I have been marked for death by Seth himself. I have come to warn thee of a deadly threat to the Golden Realm. And we uh, see somebody uh, in another part of the universe, and they are looking at the scene uh, happening through a cosmic voyeuroscope. And we are in the realm of Seth, the serpent god of death. And I guess his uh, hideout is a big black pyramid. So anyway, this little blue dude who um, is uh, the lackey of of Seth is like, no, no, that blasted Asgardian fool will ruin everything. Seth must be warned. And he comes racing into the room and Seth is in there and he's got uh, somebody fitting a new cape or something, and attaching it to his stumpy arm, the one that has no hand. (laughs) The old guy is like, Master, Master, all is lost. Thor has finally learned of your plans to invade his beloved homeland. And Seth is like, Why should that be of any concern to me? Have I not told you time and time again that I cannot be defeated? How dare you exhibit such an utter lack of faith? And he blasts the little dude, and you've got like his chest is awful, of Kirby crackle, and he has this, like, this little hood over his head, and the hood is like burning off of him. And uh, the, the little guy's like, Forgive me, I meant no offense, argh! And, and Seth says, Other gods may forgive, I destroy. Prepare to launch my invasion force, the time to strike is near. We will soon crush the people of Asgard and the inhabitants of every other plane of reality. Nothing, no one can stop me. I possess the ultimate weapon, an invincible power that can bring the whole of creation to its knees. At long last, I shall put an end to the horror and chaos of existence and usher in a new age, an age of death. And we see the little uh, squat dude is now encased in a ball of Kirby Crackle-type energy and presumably is just going to float here forever. Um, I don't know. Anyway, (laughs) we cut back to Earth where we have uh, Thor reacting um, uh, extremely to some sort of news. Asgard at the mercy of Seth? No, no, it must not be. We must go to the aid of our brethren at once. But how, my prince, how? The rainbow bridge is no more, says Hogan. The dimensional gateway, which once connected this mortal world with our own, hath been destroyed. We cannot return. What you say is true, my friend. But there is a way. I have a plan. One which is filled with great danger. We have a voice coming from uh, beyond, and he says, Then perhaps you will accept our help. Do mine eyes deceive me, says Thor? It cannot be. And yet it is. You! You! And it turns out to be the um, the Earth Force. Uh, remember last issue, these uh, kind of lame superheroes that were created by Seth. We've got Skyhawk, and we've got Wind Warrior, and we've got uh, Earth Lord. And we'll got to get around to probably explaining a little bit more about them later. And um, Skyhawk is saying, relax, Thunder God. We mean you no harm. Skyhawk's telling the truth, says Earth Lord. We're real sorry that we fought you earlier, but we didn't have any choice. You are the servants of Seth, says Thor. No, we were his pawns, says Skyhawk. He used us. We were all dying. Seth brought us back from the brink of oblivion, healed us, and transformed us into some sort of Earth force. At least it's not a logo. (laughs) You know how I hate people talking in logos. He told us that you were a threat to our planet. Ordered us to destroy you in exchange for our new lives, our new power. He lied, and we believed him. We now realize that Seth is the real menace, and we want to help you defeat him. By the way, I'm called Earth Lord, and the lady is Wind Warrior, and uh, I guess the lady can't speak for herself. Skyhawk says, please allow us to join forces with you. Give us a chance to redeem ourselves, to make amends. Together we will fight for Earth. For Asgard. And the um, Thor's like, How can I refuse? And we have scenes that we are back in the aforementioned Asgard, floating free here among Kirby's space. And uh, we have the lady Sif here and she's um, throwing aside various warriors. And she is dressed in her uh, red armor, uh, which has kind of, kind of been on and off her, her costume. I mean, they actually brought this back for the Sif. A journey in the mystery series. So, yeah, it's actually a pretty good design. Anyway, um, so she's kind of fighting these other uh, people here. And she's saying, Get back! Back, I say! None may bar my way. I must see Balder the Brave. I demand an audience with our liege. And one of the guards is thinking, The Lady Sif hath gone mad. I am here, Lady Sif, says Balder. What is the cause of such an unseemly outburst? What fills thee with such unbridled hostility? "'I have heard of thy plan to strip Thor of his godly powers. "'Such an act would leave him defenceless. "'Thou must not, thou cannot.' "'We have no choice,' says Baldur. "'The power of Thor is needed here, and now, to defend the people of Asgard.' "'Thor is my dearest friend. Think of the danger.' "'Alas, my lady, Thor may already be dead,' says Fandral. "'He's alive. I feel it in my heart.' "'I beg thee, do not forsake him.' "'The lady Sif is right, my lord,' says Fandral. "'We cannot abandon the god of thunder.' "'But the legions of Seth are at our gates, sire,' says the vizier. "'We must act.' "'Be quiet, all,' says Baldur. "'The decision is mine, and none may dispute it. "'The survival of Asgard outweighs the life of any single god. "'The realm must endure. "'We will siphon the power when it becomes necessary.' Such is my royal decree, and some horrified by this. And we shift back to Earth, where we have uh, an Avengers Quinjet flying over New York City. And in the Avengers Quinjet, we have Thor, the Earth Force, and the Black Knight, uh, who I I gather was a member of the Avengers at this point. I don't know, because I wasn't reading the Avengers at this point. Anyhow, uh, uh, (laughs) Thor is saying, uh, Thy kindness is most appreciated, my friend. "'No problem, Thor. "'Giving you and your friends a ride to the Rocky Mountains "'is the least the Black Knight can do for a fellow Avenger.'" They're referring here to to past issues, but uh, Black Knight is thinking to himself, "'I just wish I knew what was going on. "'I don't recognize any of these people, "'and Thor had to pull some major strings "'to convince the authorities to release this Hogan fellow to his custody. "'Why? What did he do? "'I guess it really isn't any of my business.'" And it beats thinking about my own problems and dealing with the fact that the Avengers have disbanded and I'm stuck in this stupid exoskeleton because of some ancient blood curse. Uh, So it's referring us to Avengers 293 if you're interested in reading that story. Um, I don't remember any of this, but uh, the Black Knight and is stuck in his armor is very reminiscent of the story that uh, uh, we had about Thor and uh, and his brittle bone curse that that Hela put him under. Anyway, um, so it says later, as the Quinjet arrives at the top secret entrance to the vault, the government's maximum security installation for the incarceration of superhuman criminals. I radioed ahead and informed them that this was an Avengers priority, says the Black Knight. A security team is ready and waiting to escort us. And so uh, we have um, them uh, arriving at this place and they have requested a particular uh, villain uh, to be brought to them. And uh, we have a, um, a guard and he's, he's got this bald guy wearing a kind of a uniform, I guess you could call it. And he's saying, here's the prisoner you requested, a little charmer who calls himself Grog the God Crusher. And so we have Grog, um, and I think that we've met Grog before. Anyway, he says, Greeting Toad Son. Have you come to gloat or bring me news of my master, Seth, as he finally completed the utter extermination of your homeworld? So, you know of Seth's unholy plan to ravage Asgard? Aye, and your people are doomed. None may defeat my master, because he controls the gateways which separate the myriad dimensions. How, says Thor, What is the source of his mysterious power? Answer me, or suffer my full unfettered wrath. Lighten up, fellas, is the guard. You're scaring the other prisoners. Uh, Maybe you can continue this in one of our private interrogation chambers. And there's more guards here, and they're moving uh, the grog um, to, I guess, a private chamber. And the guards open the door to another chamber, and they're like, "Dad, you can move him now. I've turned off his power dampers. Don't get any funny ideas, buster. And Grog is like, Fools! You are all fools! Now that I am freed of that accursed cell, my full strength has returned! I will eagerly show you how such savage hordes seem to appear and vanish at will. And he waves his arms, and he's opened up this sort of um, portal, I guess it is, and the guards are like, What the? And Thor says, He hath summoned a dimensional portal. Look out! He's escaping," says Earthord. "Tis as I planned," says Thor. "Follow him. He will lead us to Seth." And we see Grog, and he's uh, going off into this uh, Kirby Crackle portal, and it looks like Thor and company are going to follow him in. And <laughs> Earthord is uh, going in, and he's like, "This was your plan? Ah, uh, sheesh! I wish I'd given us a little advance warning. I would have packed my jammies." And the Black Knight is kind of lagging behind. And he's thinking to himself, great, just great. I didn't intend to join Thor's little tea party, but I'm not going to be the one who stays behind and tries to explain this to the authorities. Besides, there's nothing waiting for me back home. And I've got a hunch that Thor could use the help. And they come out of this portal and they are in the middle of a big field. They are not, it's kind of like a valley or a canyon, and it's, uh, there's a big black pyramid in the background. Obviously, that's uh, Seth's base, and they are completely surrounded by the hordes of Seth, the Goa'uld. At least, that's what I've been calling them because they look like the Goa'uld. But anyway, they're in the, the middle of this huge uh, army, and they're having all these weapons and stuff pointed at them, and Earthlord says, Oh my gosh, we must have landed right in the center of Seth's dimension. Aye, says Thor. We could not reach Asgard from Earth. But from here, Grog is saying, uh, Thor, has the utter hopelessness of your situation driven you insane? You are completely surrounded by the death legions of Seth, totally at the mercy of the most brutal warriors in the known universes. Do you truly believe that you will ever leave this dimension alive? Aye. That I do, says Thor, and he smashes through this big army uh, using Mjolnir. A bunch of soldiers go flying, and yeah, the fight is on. And Earthlord is like, Way to go, Goldilocks. That's telling him. No matter the savagery, the number, or the power of thy demon troops, I shall prevail, says Thor. I shall triumph. Attack, my friends. Strike now for justice, for honor, and glory. And Earthlord says, Wahoo! And uh, with the wind warrior is like, no, no, Grog is right. We don't have a chance against such odds. We should try to escape. This is crazy, but Thor inspires such confidence, I'd follow him anywhere, says Earth Lord. And he's kind of crushing the the Gawuld. And we see Skyhawk, he's flying in and doing his part too. And he's saying, uh, get real, Earth Lord. It's obviously some clever diversionary tactic on his part. Nobody is foolhardy enough to think he can tackle this horde. Foolish mortal, says Hogan, thou hast eyes but cannot see. All things are possible to one who is noble of heart and hath the courage to believe. And we see uh, what we saw on the cover here, uh, the Black Knight and Thor fighting back to back, and uh, the Black Knight is swinging his sword, and Thor is swinging his hammer, and they're knocking aside these guys left and right, and the Black Knight is saying, uh, there must be thousands of them. Aye, tis only a minor outpost, said Thor. <laughs> Once we have finished here, we must face such main invasion force. And we shift to the Wind Warrior, who apparently is a big old coward and is trying to run away. And uh, she finds a big archway, like looks like the Guardian of Forever from Star Trek, and she's running through it, and she is thinking to herself, I can't deal with any of this. I can't. I used to be a simple suburban housewife before Seth transformed me. I have no business battling gods and monsters. The others may be willing to sacrifice themselves. Not me, not me. And we then shift scenes again and we are at the base of the Black Pyramid. It says here a few miles away. And we have these uh, Goa'uld uh, soldiers and actually they kind of look like black manta from behind anyway um anyway they're standing um around seth and uh, they're saying master we've just received word of a skirmish in our northeast quadrant deal with it fool says seth i have no time for such trivialities not when there is a world to be ravaged a race to be exterminated as god awaits at last we begin the crusade supreme at long last we shall free our Asgardian brethren from the grim and senseless travesty that is known as life. Open wide the dimensional portals. Let the cosmos itself tremble in fear and awe as the gods make war. And big old portals open, and the uh, army of, of Seth are just pouring through. We've got like hundreds of thousands of these uh, individual soldiers, and we've also got the, like these big huge tank things. And um, you know, they've got cannons on them. And they're blasting all around. And we see them emerging in Asgard. And they're uh, you know, just blasting every which way. And, and the invasion has truly come. And the, uh, the caption here says, Within the space of a dozen heartbeats, the void which separates all planes of realities is crossed. And the seemingly endless ranks of the demons of death flood into the Eternal City. Death to the Asgardians, they say. All who live must fall before us. And we see uh, Baldr and Volstagg and Fandral and uh, th- some anonymous guard. And Volstagg says, Old blood, the legions of Seth have struck suddenly and without warning. They caught us unprepared. To arms, says Fandral. All who love Asgard, we must beat back the savage host. How fares the battle, says Baldr. Badly, my king, says the anonymous guard. Our foes have already overrun our outer defenses and are heading towards the inner city. They attack without mercy, without honor. They're butchering our people. Vizier, we can delay no longer, says Baldur. Activate the celestial siphon. At once, your highness, says the vizier. And we shift back to where Thor is uh, fighting amongst uh, the Gwauld. uh, He knocks down this big old pillar and he's uh, like swinging the big old pillar around and just wiping out big swaths of army all at once. And he's saying out loud, By the fury of my thunder and the carnage of my storm, I swear that I will have vengeance. Vengeance for the crimes Seth hath committed against the golden realm. Vengeance for the suffering he hath caused my people. Vengeance far greater than any who do live could even imagine. And the caption says, even as the thunder god vents his righteous wrath, Balder the Brave is strapped into the celestial siphon. Art thou ready, my lord, says the vizier? Aye, says Balder, begin the process, and may Thor forgive me for what we are about to do. And uh, there, you see like this uh, glow around Balder's head, and like it's not even Kirby crackles, it's sort of a burst of, of energy sort of thing, and... And Balder goes Arg, and there's a ZZZ sound effect. And the caption says that designed by the All-Father Odin himself, the Dread Machine instantly hums into life. And at the self same instant, uh, there is a, a beam that kind of shoots out and it hits Thor right in the chest. And uh, Thor goes Arg, and we have the same zzzz And uh, he's trying to hold up this giant pillar that he knocked down earlier. But he's having a hard time now because I guess the siphon is siphoning away his power. And Thor is thinking, the strength is fleeing from my limbs. My godly powers are deserting me. He drops the pillar with a barthoom. He rolls out from under it without getting hit. And he's uh, thinking to himself, barely managed to roll out from beneath that massive stone column in time. I could have been crushed. And Hogan is there, and he sees what's going on, and he picks Thor up, and he says, What is amiss, Thunderer? Was thou struck from behind by one of these cowards? Point out the knave, and my merciless mace will teach him the error of his ways. It was only a momentary weakness. Nothing more, says Thor. And uh, he's thinking to himself, Only my father's celestial siphon could have stripped me of my godly strength. Balder would only employ such a device as a last resort to save Asgard. To think what that decision must have cost him, Dot dot dot, and we shift back to Asgard, and all of this power that is um, surging into Balder has turned his hair brown, <laughs> and turned his skin very very white. Um, so Balder has changed his appearance somewhat. He's uh, breaking out of this uh, device, and uh, he's got like these cuffs on his arms. He's ripping ripping everything apart, and uh, there's a crack sound effect, and Balder saying. I have the power, the power of Thor, and the vizier says, My lord, the process hath transformed thee, thy hair. Speak not to me of trivialities, while the fate of Asgard hangs in the balance. Good for you, Balder. This action may have condemned Thor, the noblest immortal of all, to death or worse. His sacrifice will not be in vain, so do I swear, and we uh, cut to Seth's old army. Uh, they're approaching Asgard. And it says uh, here, like an invincible, unstoppable juggernaut, the savage shock troops of Seth advance through the ruins of the outer city, crushing all opposition, obliterating all resistance. And then, suddenly, unexpectedly, look, my serpent brothers, up ahead lies madness. no, no. It cannot be! Instead of fleeing in fear and panic, those insane as guardian swine are massing to attack. And we have a, a full page here, and we've got uh, basically all of our supporting cast. We've got, you know, uh, Balder, and he's on the back of a winged horse. Uh, we've got uh, Heimdall. We've got Fandral. We've got Sif. We've got Volstagg, and in the background, a bunch of uh, no names, uh, you know, just kind of flowing in the crowd. Baldur is uh, over everybody on his horse, and he's saying, "'Defenders of the golden realm, stand ready. "'Today we strike for honour, for glory, for life itself. "'Death to the foes of Asgard,' says Heimdall. "'Death to the enemies of life,' says Fandral. "'The servants of Seth shall perish beneath our slashing steel,' says Sif. "'Aye, and the eternal city shall ever endure,' says Volstagg. And the battle rages on and we shift back to Thor in uh, Seth's kingdom and the, the army is still attacking him. The Black Knight is still there. Hogun still there. And they are fighting against the Grog, the god killer. And uh, Thor shouts out, uh, fight on, my friends, fight on. We dare not fail. Countless numbers will die if these monsters are not stopped. And Grog is like, Be silent, you arrogant fool. Grog has heard enough of your pompous mouthings. But last we fought, you defeated Grog. Now there must come a final reckoning. And Grog smashes him in the face with a scrunch and knocks Thor back with a oof. And he's jumping up and down on Thor, it looks like. And Grog is saying, Grog is the mightiest of Seth's warriors. Grog, the god crusher. And he's stomping on Thor with a stoom. Uh, Something happens here, which is very, very weird. But anyway, so Grog is stomping on Thor and he grabs Thor's hammer and he raises it up. Now, I wouldn't think that he would be worthy uh, of holding Thor's hammer, but again, apparently they forgot. So anyway, uh, Grog the God Smasher or whatever his name, God Crusher, has grabbed Mjolnir and he's holding it aloft and Grog is saying, uh, at last I have proven that I am your master. At long last, I have laid claim to your accursed hammer. And uh, Thor is like, no, no. And Grog says, something is different about you, Thunder God. You seem to lack the strength and determination of our previous encounter. Perhaps you have finally accepted the utter futility of your position. In any event, I fear that you are no longer worthy of my personal attention. Thus, I shall leave you to the tender mercies of my loyal minions. Rejoice, warriors of Seth. The Odin sun has finally fallen. Victory is ours! And he's holding Mjolnir up in a way that he should not be able to do. And the Earth Lord is like, is he serious? And the Black Knight says, I hope not. We haven't a chance without Thor. And uh, the uh, warriors are fighting even harder. The Goa'ul, the bad guys, and kind of overwhelming everybody. And we see everyone's in trouble. Uh, you know, they, They've grabbed the Skyhawk and... Apparently the Wind Warriors just run off and hidden somewhere. And uh, Earth Lord says, Oh no, Grog's little speech really sparked his troops. They're suddenly surging forward. It's no use, says Skyhawk. They're overwhelming us by sheer force of numbers. Keep fighting. It's our only hope, says the Black Knight. Thor is being overwhelmed by the army as well. And he's, he's in trouble. He's being uh, swarmed by these uh, Goa'uld things. And the caption says, "'Though bereft of his godly powers and sacred hammer, "'still does Thor fight on. "'Surrender, Asgardians,' says one of the soldiers. 'Tis quite obvious that you are growing weaker "'with each passing moment. "'Make it easy on yourself and accept your defeat.' "'Never! Not whilst breath remains. "'Come glory or death, the god of thunder shall face it "'like a warrior born. "'Next issue. "'Asgard under siege, balder wounded, Thor in chains.' And Loki enters the fray when gods make war. And that is The Mighty Thor number 396. We will be talking about this for a few minutes, right after this message. So which is the hottest Marvel character? Iron Man. Eight man I can't decide between Professor X and Magneto, so both. Loki. Is Wolverine Marvel? <laughs> What about uh, White Tiger? What about uh, White Tiger? Uh, Doc Samson. Who Doc is he? Who? Uh, huh? Star Fox. That's a video game. <laughs> the girls go on a journey to determine every Marvel character's hotness in Ohatmu or Not, the official handbook of the Marvel Universe podcast you didn't know you wanted. Available on iTunes and at fireandwaterpodcast.com. And we are back back and of course we have a few things to say about the issue as we always do big old clinker staring us right in the face it's the elephant in the room and that is a story point that should not exist grog the god crusher is worthy to lift thor's hammer i really don't think so folks now somebody might try to explain this away saying okay well balder is draining thor's strength blah 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 Mjolnir is entirely separate from this. Mjolnir has its own enchantment. This has nothing to do with Thor's power. This was just a sloppy moment on the part of Tom DeFalco and it's unforgivable as far as that goes. It it's you know hopefully they won't uh you know try to if, well, hopefully, I'll just nobody will ever remember this issue later. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it's not a very good precedent to set. It does not make sense. It doesn't make sense for the character and any of the rules. So that's the thing that stands out in this issue that really pisses me off. Now, that being said, it's not the worst story in the world. We It's, it's also not a great story. But we actually have the sort of invasion of Asgard thing going on. We've got you know, the armies of Seth finally invading in force. You've got them kind of blasting through all of uh, you know, the Asgardian defenses. Now, that in itself is, again, it it's kind of brings back to me the uh, whole Thor Ragnarok issue where we have the, 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 you know, the armies of Asgard as being these kind of scared children, completely ineffectual. Now, keep in mind, though, uh, you know, there is an explanation that you can bring up and kind of no-prize this, and that is that, that Asgard's armies have been overwhelmed by Seth's uh, troops over and over again. So they've been doing a lot of fighting recently, so they're a little bit diminished, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. Um, so you can explain maybe a little bit of it by that. I understand that Balder thinks he needs to, you know, Thor's power in order to, to win, I think this is the first time we've actually seen anything like that in the comics, which, again, I don't know that it makes a great deal of sense. We've seen Asgard attack before, and nobody has just suddenly jumped to the conclusion, hey, we need to steal Thor's power so we can win. I think that more often we've actually seen people actually going around trying to find Thor and bring Thor in, which makes perfect sense. And they should know that... Thor and, and Hogan were, are, would be trying to find their way back to Asgard. So, yeah, there's, there's some ideas here that, that are okay, but by and large, I think there's, it doesn't quite rise to the level of a really good story. Uh, it's just kind of a mediocre story. Now, speaking of the art, we've got inks by Don Heck. Very weird choice, not a good match. Um, Don Heck has a very spare style, a very angular style, very wooden style that's just kind of how heck draws people that's been the case ever since the the golden age um you know he's a great artist for maybe a detective story or a romance story not a superhero artist probably never should have tried to be a superhero artist i know he did some some work on the avengers and iron man that wasn't too bad but it's not it's not his forte and as an inker over ron friends who kind of he kind of channels Kirby and alternatively the Busema brothers. And again, that that kind of stiffness that of, of Don Heck's inks, it doesn't work with the pencils. So my only guess about this is that, you know, A, that Don needed the work, this is late in his career. I don't know how much work he did at Marvel after this, probably not very much. Um, and also they probably just really needed somebody to ink the issue and maybe they were preparing issue number 400, you know, that's a double size issue. So, you know, maybe, maybe they just needed Brett Breeding to, to do something else. But I, I find it hard to believe that, that Don Heck was the best inker they could get. I mean, have, have Heck do one of their third tier books, you know, and, and, you know, get Bob Layton or somebody to do this one. But anyway, um, that's kind of what I'm thinking about this whole situation. But uh, yeah, not a great story, but it, it's workable, and the art is acceptable. There, there is some good layout here. Again, we have um, Ron Friends kind of jumping between Kirby and Buscema, but it works for the most part, I guess. I mean, some of his layouts are quite good, but they're not done any favors by the stiff inking. All right, so with that, we are wrapping up the show. Hey, folks, thanks for listening. We really do appreciate it. If you want to join the Facebook group, please feel free to come to Facebook. Look for Radio Free Asgard, and you will find us. And of course, emailing the show is super easy, and nobody ever does it. You can email us at radiofreeasgard at gmail.com. With that, I am back over the Rainbow Bridge, back to Midgard, and we'll see you next time here on Radio Free Asgard. Asgard. Radio Free Asgard is copyright Tom Harris USA Productions, which is totally responsible for its content. The characters, stories, and situations presented on this program are copyright their respective copyright holders and are presented for entertainment, review, and educational purposes only. No ownership is implied. We make no money from this podcast, and the contents are believed to be covered under fair use. If you like what you've heard on today's program, we'd appreciate it if you leave us an iTunes review, send us an email with your feedback, tell your friends if you have any, or annoy your coworkers with our incoherent ramblings and silly voices. Thanks once again for listening to Radio Free Asgard.